Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Friday, June 1st. We're talking about OLED. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined on Skype by senior tech specialist, Evan New. Evan, what's going on? It's going well. Ready for the weekend. Ready for the weekend. And a quick note, I guess, before we get too far into the discussion, you're ready for a different weekend than is actually coming for people that are listening to this show because we are pre-taping this episode. It is actually uh, May 25th. Uh, we're pre-taping because I'm going to be on vacation in early June. I don't know what Evan's going to be doing, but he'll have the, I guess, the day off from a podcast taping. Yeah, nothing, nothing new for me. <laughs> <laughs> so on today's show, we are going to cover a listener question. Uh, it comes from the form that we have pinned to the top of our Twitter feed. Hint, hint, listeners that might want to drop us a cue. And this question is, I'm interested in the company Universal Display. It grew enormously last year and then crashed over 60% because of Apple Micro LED plans. But I see OLED as being a big player in the display business over the next five years or so. What does its future look like? And Evan, I think this is a fun one because Universal Display is a company that operates in a space that we talk about a lot, but we haven't really talked about this business before. So, so it's something that I think feeds into an industry that a lot of people know about, but maybe don't quite understand the guts of this company itself. Um, they develop OLED technology, which is organic light emitting diode technology. You want to walk through exactly what that means for them and kind of what their business looks like? Sure. So, Universal Display, uh, they create an intellectual property around OLED displays. Then they license this IP out to major manufacturers. But then on top of that, they sell the materials that go into the displays. So, you know, they have two main revenue streams, and licensing uh, makes up about 40% of total revenue. And of course, licensing is very R&D intensive. But once you have it out there, uh, it's highly profitable. Very, very, you know, very nice margins there. On the material side, UDC relies on PPG as its primary supplier for materials. So the company's biggest customers are, you know, companies like Samsung and LG, um, you know, two of the largest OLED panel makers in the world. And you know, these are the companies that, you know, when you think about OLED phones that have OLED displays, those are usually some of the you know, kind of names that come into your head um, right off the top of your head. And this is a company that you have owned and sold share of, shares of at different points in the past. Where exactly do you stand with them now? Yeah, so I actually first invested in them almost ten years ago, actually, uh, uh, at around ten or fifteen dollars. Um, and actually, also right just before I joined the Motley Fool. Uh, but I, I kind of recognized the potential of the technology, and I thought it was really promising with a lot of benefits over traditional LCD screens as well as LED displays. And they're more energy efficient. You have all these. Um, you can have really innovative form factors because they don't have to be um, <clears throat> flat displays. You can have like flexible displays. A lot of really cool stuff there. But OLED adoption has been just so slow, uh, and I actually got out for a few years because it was, I was getting a little impatient. Uh, I got a nice gain, and part of my thesis was always that Apple would eventually adopt OLED technology, which you know would then catalyze more mainstream adoption from other companies. And it turns out that other companies adopted it first, <laughs> uh, but once it became clear that Apple was finally getting on board, uh, after years of waiting and just kind of um, rumors to that effect, I finally got back in about a year or two ago. What exactly flipped the switch where it was switched there? Why did Apple decide to get into OLED? So they they saw a lot of technical shortfalls with the technology, which I think kept them you know, away from it for a while. Uh, so things like color saturation, brightness, color accuracy. Uh, you know, CEO Tim Cook had kind of criticized OLED for those reasons you know a few years ago, back when you know uh, before they they adopted it. And those are very valid concerns with OLED technology. And you know, for example, Samsung phones have a reputation of being oversaturated. Uh, in particular, you know, they have a really blue 
tint to them, um, some particularly the older models. Uh, but the technology has improved quite a bit to the point where um, <clears throat> OLED can meet Apple's really high quality standards. Uh, and many investors probably already know this, but should probably just point out real quick that Apple sources its OLED displays for the iPhone 10 from Samsung. It's just that they, you know, they have very specific requirements in terms of like calibration and such. Um, which is why they, they do look a little bit different than what you'd find on a Samsung phone, even though Samsung is making you know all of the displays. So it seems like increasingly Apple is getting interested in this market. I think you go back to 2017, there was one model with an OLED display. Rumors are that we'll see two in 2018. Again, you have to discount it a little bit because it's an Apple product rumor. We get plenty of those all the time. But the thought here is that this is becoming an increasingly important technology for Apple. Uh, Universal Display, obviously very pleased with that. That was part of the huge rush of revenue that they saw in 2017. But they are not the only game in town when it comes to being an Apple supplier here. Right. So, I mean, uh, Apple's been trying to diversify its supplier base from uh, Samsung adding on LG. But LG has hit these kind of manufacturing hurdles and having a hard time meeting these requirements. But ultimately, all of it's good news for Universal Display because all these companies just are all customers and they all, you know, feed into its business and has a very unique role in the value chain um, supplying all of these companies. So, uh, it's really all good news for, for Universal Display. What that wound up turning into, kind of looking at the financial statements for them, is I think revenue is up like something like 70% year over year in 2017. And this was after years and years of like flat growth. I mean, they, they saw like barely any sequential growth in 2015, 2016, 2017 uh, leading up to it. So, there's this, wow, this just happened. And all of a sudden, shares have sold off, I think, about 50% from the highs that they hit in 2017. What exactly is the market sentiment around this stock right now? Because it seems like so many things are going in the right direction for them. A lot of it does tie into these fears of micro-LED, uh, which is just another competing display technology that ha- that is a threat in the long term that could displace OLED eventually. Um, so, Apple had acquired the small company called Luxview back in 2014, it's a small startup that was uh, exploring and developing micro LED display technology. But you know, that was like 4 years ago and investors didn't really hear much about that in the years since. But then in March, you know, uh, Bloomberg reported some fresh details about Apple's micro LED plants which kind of reminded everyone that they had this <laughs> thing going. And, and to be clear, I mean micro LED isn't anywhere near close to mainstream commercialization and Apple's still very in, much in the early stages. Uh, but the fact that Apple's working on it kind of scared investors. And it's also worth remembering that Universal Display's valuation was getting pretty crazy. I mean it hit like you know, it was trading at thirty times sales in January. Um, so, you know, I think a pullback was kind of inevitable because people were getting so excited about having Apple as a customer now that I think the shares probably got a little bit ahead of themselves. And then when these fears around micro LED come out, that's just a catalyst that's going to trigger a lot of selling. And, you know, all, all technologies face threats like this. And, you know, just to add another one into the mix, there's, there's always been talk for the past few years as well about quantum dot displacing OLED. Um, that also hasn't really played out either. I mean, not to say that it won't or it can't, but, you know, these are all just you know technological threats, but you know I think that they're still a little ways off. Yeah, my read in in trying to kind of figure out where this market is going is that micro LED might be kind of where we wind up going with things down the road, but we are still kind of years and years away from that technology becoming a mainstay, particularly in in the smartphone market. Is that kind of how you're feeling about things too? Yeah, I mean I think that it's you know it's a one of those threats on the horizon. But you know, in the meantime, I, I do think that 
um, Universal Display has a lot going for it. I mean, they've been making all sorts of these licensing agreements with display manufacturers in Asia, you know, Japan Display, Ever Display, BOE, Sharp, and many others. And remember that the, the initial licensing agreement is really just the start of the relationship. So uh, for, for Universal Display, that means ongoing royalty revenue as well as material sales. And China uh, has been aggressively investing as well uh, to ramp OLED manufacturing capacity. And once that capacity is in place, you know those companies are going to need to maximize capacity utilization and try to sell as many as they can. Uh, and, for example, BOE, a Chinese manufacturer, is, about, is expected to start mass production this year at its first OLED plant. And they're going to start constructing their second plant here pretty soon, too. So, again, a lot of runway. A lot of our focus here has been on how this technology and the technology that Universal Display makes plays into the smartphone market. I think that that is something that we need to kind of take a step back from and remember that this goes into a ton of different consumer electronics devices, right? You have tablets, you have TVs. There are a lot of applications here. And while there may be some concerns about what's going on specifically in smartphones, there are a lot of other really viable markets for this business right now. Right. I mean, OLED TVs are starting to gain a lot of traction. Um, and I mean, right now, you know, they're still quite a bit more expensive than LCD TVs. But like all technology, I mean, costs come down over time. And then, you know, once costs come down enough to the point where you can really uh, get mainstream adoption, then you, then you see Univolume is really jumping. Uh, so I think that, you know, OLED adoption TVs is still pretty early. But same thing, you know, Samsung is pushing a lot of OLED TVs, um, 4K TVs, you know, a lot of stuff going on in that space as well. And also, I mean, TVs are humongous, right? I mean, like just in terms of like the sheer display size. And if you think about the amount of materials that has to have to go into a TV versus into a smartphone, I mean, that's all coming from universal display. Yeah, I think I saw a management estimate where they were looking at the OLED TV market and they're expecting it to quadruple between 2017 and 2022 on an annual basis. In that time, the smartphone market will likely, I think, one and a half x where it is now. So, so that speaks to the like display differences on you know working on the scale of a TV display. Kind of looking at everything that's going on here, Evan, it seems like you're not super worried about this recent downturn, and that it might be something that's more kind of reflective of. A little bit of an overblown valuation than really issues with the fundamental business. Right. I think that you know when shares were in the neighbor of two hundred dollars, and I think that was a little little crazy. So I'm not too worried about it coming down. I mean, it did come down like fifty percent, and that's always hard to watch, particularly if you're holding shares. But I'm I'm still pretty confident in their prospects over the next you know three to five years, you know, medium term. Uh, and I plan on holding my shares through then. I mean, I think investors should expect the shares to be volatile, which they've always been super volatile because there's a lot of uncertainty regarding OLED adoption. And management's always been clear that OLED adoption it's just so hard to predict when it will happen. And but I mean everything is still going in the right direction. So it is getting adopted across in the market. So I don't think it's so much of a question of if, but more of just the timing of it is really hard to predict, and it's really bumpy. Uh, and fundamentally, you know, Universal Display has a lot of potential to enjoy this. You know, once as adoption continues to rise, uh, before maybe some other technology comes along. And yeah, that'll probably happen eventually. But again, these, these adoption curves take so long that there will be a lot of signs when I mean, you'll be able to see if, if some other competing technology starts to kind of displace OLED. So I think investors will have plenty of visibility in terms of like when they want to plan their next move. Yeah, it, to me it sounds like a business where uh, if you're a shareholder, you might not be able to set it and forget it for the next decade, but 
for the next couple of years, you're probably going to be in pretty decent shape unless there is a massive shift in in the display technology that people are using for these devices. Yeah, that, that, that's how I would I kind of think of it. Well, thanks for hopping on and talking about it with me, Evan. Uh, listeners, if you ever have something you want us to hit, shoot us an email at industryfocus@fool.com or, like I mentioned, go to our Twitter feed. Uh, we have the form in there. Evan, I hope you enjoy whatever it is you're doing this weekend or the weekend of six one. You know, since since that's technically <laughs> when people are going to be listening to this show. Um, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Um, listeners, as always, people on the program may own companies discussed on the show. The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. Thanks to Austin Morgan for his work behind the glass. I hope he too enjoys a couple Fridays off. For Evan New, I'm Dylan Lewis. Thanks for listening and Fool on. Thank you.